It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's Sports by the Book on a Wednesday. I'm Jeff Parles. Beside me, <laughs> birthday girl herself. We already, we've already celebrated once today. I know. It's, I mean, look it's, at the, look it's at the, getting look to the, be a little look much. Look at what the crew did for you. I mean, ah, I, I love that graphic. I'm like surprised every time it pops up. Is oh, that wow, nice? Wow. Yeah. I, I, for, for a second there, I'm thinking the balloons are a part of the uh, uh, part of it too. The smiley balloons. That's pretty nice. Someone got you some, some flowers over there too. Spoiled. Just absolutely Just, spoiled today. Brilliantly done. By the way, also, this is a big one as well for us. Because apparently I was told there was no mention of yesterday's show 100. Nope. So now the second 100 begins today with episode 101. And look, I, I don't want to get all, all melty here on this side of the desk. But we appreciate everyone being around. By the way, just that shot of you with the smiley face in the corner. <laughs> spectacular. But thank you for everyone who's been along for the ride so far. We, we, will, we are going to be here. We're going to be here. Uh, Super Bowl week's coming up. March Madness coming up. We're, we're super excited to bring you all the coverage we have. And, of course, seven days a week now here on this show where Matt Neverett done a great job. Yes. Sitting in for me. We'll be with Alex when I'm not here. Uh, tomorrow, Alex will have her off day. So it'll be me and the guy who is the best dressed on the set other than Alex today. Yes. Our guy, so Ryan McCormick, who uh, is always well-dressed. Ryan will be here with me tomorrow. Tomorrow we have a guest extravaganza. That'll be fun. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Scott Spritzer Absolutely will be with us tomorrow. Enough. Danny Burke, though, will be with us in about fifteen. To, will be with us in about ten minutes. We'll have Danny. Of course, you saw him in here in studio earlier in football season. Uh, Burke's beat the podcast for Danny now with us in about ten minutes' time. All right, Alex, let's let's get to it. First off, you already got your your birthday Starbucks, which is very important. Is there anything else on the docket that's fun tonight? No, not tonight. So I'm actually babysitting my niece, so that is fun. But okay. So next week, my family, some of us, were going to a steakhouse because there's a bunch of January birthdays in my family. So we okay. kind of do a big thing together. And then this weekend, we talked about it on Frank's show. This means I'm officially old, but me and my friends and my girls, we're going to dinner and bingo on Saturday. So yeah, we've, we've hit that, that mark. He, he's speechless right now. <laughs> he doesn't know what to say. Wow. Bingo. bingo. Yeah. yeah. Bingo upstairs. Bingo elsewhere. We'll see. Um. At, we'll take it as Upstairs. elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, great. Uh, I guess uh, you said it. I didn't on the uh, the officially old part. Right. That was all you. Okay. <laughs> I, I stay quiet on that. Yeah, we kind of, we thought it'd be fun to make it like a joke. And you know, usually the girls are like, bachelorette party, send money, 21, send money. Like they were just having a ball. They're like, we should write on our cars and be like, bingo, bingo, send money, send money for drinks. So we're just kind of being silly, but. Have you played bingo yet, Ryan? Yes, I have. Yeah. All right. I had and some so friends uh, introduce me to it, yeah. Ryan's still in his 20s. Both of us are in our 30s. I got some time left in my 20s, yeah. Yeah, no, I know I you. Well, time well, left. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, but then of the three of us, you're going to be the only one with a, with, with, with a kid in about 10 days. Yeah, this is true. So, so this is true. we have the age. Could be less than gonna, a week, yeah. You're going to be further along in life than both of us, <laughs> technically, uh, in, a, in, a, in less than two weeks. Yeah, yep. very exciting. Yep. Very exciting, very exciting. Sure. Aquarius, like me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't, Sorry. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not I didn't know what time. Do you know what time you were born? Because Frank asked me yeah, that today. Frank, what time was I born? Yeah, I was Frank born around today. 7 o'clock at night. I don't remember if it was 7 or 7.30 okay. at night, but I know I was born in that 7 o'clock hour. So I'm, I'm by myself right. there. I'm the only one who didn't know that. Ryan, did you know Ryan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was born at 12.57 p.m. Okay, so yeah. you weren't close to Sean me. knew the second. Okay, well, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> because it took that's him weird. one second Sorry, Sean, to be pushed out. Yeah, that's strange. I, I was in the seven o'clock hour. That's all. I, that's all. I remember. All right, let's get to. Sports. All right, let's get to some sports before yeah. we lose all the viewers here. <laughs> uh, I, I, I haven't been here obviously since the results over uh, on Sunday. No. Um, the Detroit Tampa game was kind of exactly what I thought it would be. Even game. Didn't want to play it. Ends up eight. Game goes way over. Todd Bowles forgets to use his timeout going into the summer. Uh, not much there. The late game, the numbers say Kansas City outplayed them. Yeah. The eyes didn't say Kansas City outplayed them. Uh, I thought Kansas City winning the bad th game by three was right. Uh, I was happy for my, my for myself that yep. I actually had more Me money too. in the account at the end of the day. Yep. Uh, but uh, that, that was just another one in the long string for Buffalo where they just can't beat the dude. Uh, it's very simple on that. And now we have these matchups and 
We have the number shift as of earlier today here at the South Point on the earlier game, up to four on Baltimore now uh, with Kansas City. Uh, the dog in this one uh, touched three and a half a little bit overnight, went back to the four. Of course, there was a lot of four yesterday here at the Point. Uh, total's been bet down from 46 to 44 and a half. Alex, my initial thoughts on this were I feel obligated to take Kansas City, but the big injury news today was that Joe Thune, their all-world guard, is trending towards not playing. Didn't practice today. He's a pec injury, which, boy, that is a very, very painful injury to play through, especially at that position. Yes. Uh, but if Thune doesn't go, I, this is a really hard matchup to begin with at full strength on the offensive line for Kansas City. You take out their best, arguably their best lineman. I know some will say Creed Humphrey's their best, but we're splitting hairs at that point. Even at four, that's kind of difficult to take it with Kansas City, even though it's Patrick Mahomes, even though we know his record as an underdog, Alex. Well, it's kind of what you said going into the Buffalo game, right? You were like, if I was betting on Buffalo, my argument would be we saw what happened to Patrick Mahomes when he didn't have an offensive line and played Tom Brady and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. There was absolutely nothing he could do. So now you're kind of at that point. But now this Ravens team is a whole lot better than the Buffalo Bills. So I, I totally agree. I would lean towards the Ravens here. I haven't made a bet yet, but I will have a bet on the Ravens by the end of the week. I can't help but think that that Chiefs four, and if, if we get to four and a half, is a great teaser leg if you want to put that in with the other game either the Niners down just to win the game or if you really like the Lions and want to tease that up but should be a great game I'm really looking forward to this one I do think we have the four best teams left and from these two I still really believe in the Ravens and I think it's their year I mean they just looked outstanding last week especially in that second half against the Texans and the adjustments they made at half from the Texans blitzing the whole first half were, were incredible. So we'll see what Kansas City's defense can do and can try and throw off Lamar Jackson and all his weapons he has here. But, I mean, a big difference maker for me in this one too, Jeff, is it's the turnovers for both these teams. And Baltimore ranks one in takeaways and giveaways. They created 31 turnovers this season. They had 18 interceptions and 13 fumbles. And then on the flip side, the Chiefs ranked 28th. So I think that kind of goes to show, too, with, with luck in these games. And it wasn't always on the Chiefs' side this year. And we saw that, especially in their, their down weeks. But it's tough. We've got to wait. We have a big injury in this one we're waiting for. And we have a big injury in the other game that we're kind of waiting for as well. Yeah, we're, again, of course, you're mentioning Debo Samuel That's in right. the other game, which is uh, a more critical to that me than than the Thune injury a again it's still Patrick Mahomes I know I'm getting poor I'm getting more than a field goal now I'm all the way to four it is so difficult to pass up but I'm gonna probably end up passing in the end and maybe if if, if it's a pair in Kansas City's able to block if Thune's unable to go or if Thune's able to go even not at 100 percent he's gonna be better than whoever's up next for KC it's still pretty tough though <laughs> <laughs> just a set of board. You just don't see it. It's like, again, like last year in the playoffs with Burrow in Cincinnati getting all those points in Buffalo last year. It's like, all right, well, if Buffalo destroys me, so be it. And that was obviously the easiest one you're ever going to have in that game. What's funny is, so Matt was texting Ryan and I, and we were talking about segments for the show on Monday, and he okay. kept wanting to call it Lessons Learned. And I was like, can we call it Takeaways? Because... I didn't learn a thing. I'm going to bet against Patrick Mahomes again, which is terrible to say, but it's true. I just, I think I was just a week early in that one. I kind of knew better. I knew uh, Buffalo showed us who they were down the stretch. They got a little better defensively, but really they weren't all that great. And they were missing some key players on their defense as well. But so that's tough. And I know what I'm doing again. I haven't done, I don't know if I'm going to lay the points. So I may just end up with the money line bet here on the Ravens. We'll see over the next few days. We got we have plenty of time. Of course, game goes Sunday uh, for that one. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We get back. Our guy Danny Burke will join us next. We'll get his thoughts on the two championship games. Danny's hockey play. We'll also get Danny's thoughts on Doc Rivers getting the Milwaukee Bucks job. I think, uh, I think Danny knows where I'm going with that one. Talk about that next. Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. 
Once you've satisfied your hunger, get ready for more of the hottest casino games in Vegas. Our 24-hour, 30-table non-smoking poker room proudly hosts all the most popular poker games with a variety of betting limits. Visit the poker room for a schedule of daily tournaments. Whether you're going to hold them or fold them, the best place for poker is at South Point Casino. You'll notice that our craps tables are usually the loudest in the casino. If you've never played, join one of our free craps lessons to find out what makes this game so exciting. Check with the craps dealer for schedules and give it a roll. Bingo is also an exciting way to spend your time. We offer seven sessions of bingo every day. And each session includes a cash ball jackpot, 12 bingo games, a progressive double action game, and a $10,000 bonus coverall. Electronic units are available. If you haven't played bingo with us, give it a try today. Guests can also get in on the action at our one-of-a-kind race and sports books. Two separate rooms designed to maximize your experience and comfort. Our sports book, with over 400 seats, puts you right in the middle of the action, 24 hours a day. The friendly ticket riders are happy to help, and it's conveniently located next to the famous Del Mar Deli, where you'll find supersized portions of delicious deli items like roast beef, pastrami, and Reuben sandwiches, or soups, salads, and pizza, plus spectacular desserts fit for a king. And right next door is the race book, over 150 seats, each with its own TV screen. There are 16 interactive player terminals, so you can bet right from your seat. Welcome back in. Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Barnes. Alex White is here. Brian McCormick is here as well. The I, I think the balloons need to be a permanent, <laughs> a permanent part of this. But well, it fits so perfect in that it, corner. It's so it's perfect hilarious. on that shot. It also just puts me in a good mood to see, see even if it even if it's not a real smile, that is a smile right there on the balloons. Just so happy, right in front of us. There, see, look at that. Look at the balloons. Look how happy they are. Here on Alex's birthday. And shout out to Frank because he went and yes. got all this got stuff all? to decorate this. Yeah, yeah. He, he made sure to put the smallest one closest to him. So that way it was coordinated for him on that side. But now you're you're over there. So now you're the small man on the desk. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going, but all right. <laughs> now joining us. <laughs> I don't know how I could segue off of that. Uh, of course, uh, this guy, uh, you've seen him. Uh, and, Working for the former tenant of this studio. You also have seen him on our shows in the past. Burksbeat.com, the Burks Beat podcast as well. There he is in the middle of the screen from the Windy City, our guy Danny Burke. DB, thanks for hanging out today, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. We got, uh, what, just a pair of games to look forward to left in the NFL, but still plenty to discuss with it. So uh, looking forward to it. It's been a fun year. I hope you guys have enjoyed it as much as I have. Uh, it, it's football. I mean, you all, uh, at least our two teams. Well, actually I can throw Ryan McCormick in there cause he's a long suffering bears fan as well. Uh, That's right. not, not fun, overly fun years, uh, on our end, uh, to say the very least, uh, Danny, but let's, uh, well, we have something to look forward to potentially. Right. I mean, I guess you got Rogers, I got Aaron Rogers coming back. If his brain comes back to yeah. earth. I mean, yeah, sure. Maybe, <laughs> uh, on that. All right, let's go to the AFC game. No, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Win won his first road playoff game last week. KC beats Buffalo again. Baltimore, a little shaky in that first half. Total annihilation in the second half. And here we are with Baltimore as healthy as they've been in a very long time against a chief team that could be out without their arguably their best offensive lineman in Joe Thune. Four-point favorites right now with a total of 44.5 in this one, DB. Yeah, I, I can't say that I'm in love with the Ravens right now, especially laying the spread of four. Now, I do have a bet on Baltimore. I heard Alex talking a little bit earlier, and I actually did go with the route of the money line. And I don't love the idea of knowing that it was a chalky price, and now it's even chalkier than what I got it at. Out here in Illinois, it was like minus a buck seventy on Monday. And in my mind, I had an idea that I wouldn't go above 175. So I was fortunate to get the minus 170 because now you're seeing $2 painted across the board. And I know especially out by you guys in Las Vegas. The reason why I like Baltimore, a lot of reasons that are similar to why other people like this Ravens team. They're a juggernaut. They're a better defensive group 
than what Buffalo was last week. And I was on the Bills, you know, hand up. I was on Kansas City against the Dolphins, thought that set up nicely. But then I thought the Bills were the better team. And I went against potentially the greatest quarterback of all time and fell short. I think that's going to come to an end in this spot. We've seen time and time again, guys, these teams outside of the AFC North tend to struggle with Lamar Jackson. And Kansas City's defense has been one of the better units that they've had in Patrick Mahomes' tenure. Don't get me wrong. That's why they've been able to sustain despite their lackadaisical offense up until that Bills game, really. Where Kansas City is struggling defensively is against the run. They're 27th in DVOA run defense, 29th in rush EPA. And we know what this Baltimore Ravens offense loves to do. It's to run the ball, get the dual threat abilities with Lamar Jackson. They're number one in DVOA running offense. So I think because of the inability to defend that, like so many teams are outside of the North, that's what's going to end up being the downfall for this Kansas City team. And also... Again, the limited weapons for Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes has been able to overcome it in the first two playoff games. But this is arguably the best defense in the NFL, clearly remaining in the Baltimore Ravens. So I did lay the, again, chalk here price minus a buck 70 with Baltimore for those reasons and many others. And then what I also did here, guys, is a prop Lamar Jackson over nine and a half rush attempts. Minus 135, the best price I saw. And the reason I got interested in this is because I was circulating his rushing yards for an idea to play with and was looking through it. And every time he's eclipsed 60 and a half rushing yards, it's been on double digit carries. And he's gotten, I think, 10 carries in eight out of 17 games and only over 60 and a half rushing yards in five out of 18 games. But why do I like this aside from knowing Lamar can run? Because, again, this Kansas City secondary is very strong. The running game, not as much. And we'll see, like, what happened with Josh Allen. The weapons are going downfield. They're going to cover them probably fairly well like they've done with a lot of teams all year. And that's going to open up the running lanes for the quarterback. Josh Allen had, what, like 70, 80 rushing yards. I think Lamar Jackson is going to be in that similar type of atmosphere to where he's got to utilize his leg. That's going to be the detriment to Kansas City, among other things. And that's why I think he can easily get 10 rushing attempts here. And you don't have to rely on how far he gets when he runs, just knowing that that's going to be a main focal point of their game plan. So also tagged along Lamar over nine and a half rushing attempts. Love it, Danny. I'm going to stick with this game. Total open 46. It is now going moving down 44 and a half, which I understand we got Baltimore number one defense in points and the Chiefs number two defense in points. But something scares me here. And I think it's the fact that we have these two quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and Le- Lamar Jackson and anything could happen. Do you have a feel for this total? You know, I I really haven't had too much interest in the total, but I know what the theme has been with Kansas City is the second half unders, right? right? But if you want to correlate that kind of how I'm playing this, that Baltimore is the right side and that they're going to be winning, I wouldn't be as interested to play the second half under if you're assuming that Kansas City has to play keep up and there's no better quarterback who does excellent at that than Patrick Mahomes, which could boost this total going a little bit higher and higher. So I really don't have any uh, just any kind of infatuation with this total one way or the other. I do think you can make compelling cases both ways. So, again, that's why I'm staying neutral on it. If you do want to get involved in the total and you're kind of in the same stratosphere of me of just not wanting to force anything, wait to see if you see an in-game opportunity, right? See if Baltimore is being able to capitalize in the red zone, but whether they're throwing it more, whether they're running it more, how much clock is that eating up? And if they are doing it successfully, they're going to keep churning that time to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes. That should be any opposing team strategy is to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands as much as possible. So that's probably a big indication why people like the under originally and because, as you alluded to, two good defenses. So I get the movement. If it goes down below 44, which it probably won't, then you're going to see some buyback on the over, which I would agree with. But at 44 in the hook, again, just staying neutral, guys. Danny, any prop angles as we get closer to game day that you would be looking to attack in this one? Yeah, besides the Lamar ones, I mean, honestly, I think you just have to consider Patrick Mahomes in his past completions or past attempts. Because, again, this is all a big correlation with how I think the game flow is going to proceed. In Baltimore, while they're, yes, a little bit weaker in their run defense, it's not terrible, right? You saw them very much so limit Devin Singletary. And Houston's got a bad running offense, so I'm not taking that too much into account. 
But if it's a somewhat similar style of, all right, we got to play keep up with this dominant Ravens offense, what are you going to lead on most? The guy you rely on. For the Texans, that's E.J. Stroud. For the Chiefs, that's Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if he's going to have a successful game in the air, per se, but I know that there's going to be plenty of attempts for him to do that. So I think that's an area you can look to attack as well would be Patrick Mahomes over his pass attempts. If you don't want to do any of the props that I already listed, that would be one I would consider, Jeff. All right, let's move to the NFC. From the surface, this seems like it should be the easier game to handicap, but I'm having a little bit of a tough time here because we've got the Niners laying seven at home to the Detroit Lions. There's something about this Lions team, though, and that grit that they have. Do you have, um, you like one side or the other on this one? Man, I mean, it's hard for me to envision San Francisco losing this game. And you may be asking yourself, how can you say that after they almost lost to Jordan Love and the Packers? Look, football is an incredibly tough sport, and sometimes teams fall victim to the moment. And Brock Purdy very much struggled with the rainy conditions. The San Francisco defense did have some lapses throughout courses of that game. But you kind of look back at it, guys. I mean, they held Jordan Love to one of his worst performances as of late. Two touchdowns, but also two interceptions. He had a worse QBR than Brock, uh, Brock Purdy did, and everybody scolding Purdy on Twitter. And I understand why, yes, Purdy was not good in that game. Don't get me wrong. Debo Samuel being injured certainly affected the gameplay or the game flow and how they were conducting those plays. But all things considered, and the fact that they were able to come back, I mean, it still speaks wonders to what the San Francisco team is. You got to think that that was their worst outing or one of the worst outings we've seen aside from that Ravens game that we've witnessed from them all year, yet survive in advance. That's what the playoffs are all about. They've been the best offense in the NFL all year, right? And now you're going against a very, very vulnerable secondary in Detroit. And I think that's going to open up many doors for this 49ers offense. Now, we attributed to that being potentially the case last week against a weaker Green Bay defense. But again, Purdy, maybe a little shaky off the bye week pressure, whatever you want to call it. But the weather conditions weren't ideal. They look to be a lot better this time around. So I think Purdy will have a better game. And yeah, again, I, I like the 49ers. I didn't touch anything with the spread because I think based on what we can get from this Detroit offense and what we've seen all year, they're probably going to be able to put up a ton of points as we've seen this total over 50. So I think there's going to be a better in-game scenario to where I can get a cheap in price on San Francisco instead of laying a juiced up six and a half, a flat seven. And if you're Detroit, you're probably looking to attack the defense of San Francisco with the running defense, because that's where San Fran does kind of struggle is defending the run. And Detroit does it very well offensively with the two-headed duo of Montgomery and Gibbs. So if they can get that going early, maybe we get an adjusted line and look to attack San Fran in that fashion. But again, I haven't done anything with the spread. What I did do, guys, is kind of as I was alluding to with San Francisco's weak secondary, I put that with a prop. I did Brock Purdy over 20 and a half completions. The Lions allowing the most yards per completion this season, 11.6. They're allowing 22.2 completions this season. But over the last three games, that number has risen up to 27. Baker Mayfield threw for what? 360 yards against his secondary. Stafford had a field day. A lot of quarterbacks have had a field day against Detroit. So I think Shanahan obviously is aware of this. We're all aware of this. Get Purdy back into having his confidence. Utilize your players the way you've been doing all year. Uh, game plan for this appropriately, and they can be shorter, precise throws, safer throws that make Purdy comfortable and able to nickel and dime your way down the field like so many quarterbacks have against Detroit. And because Purdy doesn't average that many completions as his guys, that's why you're seeing this lower number of 20 in the hook. He went over that last week, and it was one of his worst efforts. I think he can cruise over this once again. So give me Purdy over 20 and a half completions, found it at the price of minus 106 here in Illinois. Yeah, don't, don't mind that one bit. The only bit that I'm looking at until I know what's going on with Debo, if he plays or not, I, I don't care if he plays or not. I like this game over just because the weather is perfect and you outlined it. Uh, Detroit's, defense is, Detroit's defense is bad. I, I, I think we can say that at this point. Uh, that if their pass rush isn't getting home, they're gonna get car. They're gonna get carved. Right. And the Niner defense, they need to show me something. They haven't really shown me much of anything against good competition since they s destroyed Jacksonville, and that was basically two months ago at this point. So I need to see some more out of that San Francisco defense that is supposed to be this elite unit. They have not been uh, over the last six weeks. Uh, Danny, I want to I want to shift over to the NBA. 
Uh, the big news of the day in the NBA is that uh, yesterday, of course, Adrian Griffin, despite a 30-13 and 13 start, is out in Milwaukee. And they go to the broadcast booth, and they bring back perennial underachiever Doc Rivers in to coach the team. And, and look, I, I, I guess you want a stable hand, but we're talking about the guy who's lost the most Game 7s ever, the guy who's blown the most 3-1 three, three leads ever, the guy who's won one less with more than basically anyone in recent NBA memory. I, I get firing Griffin. I get that. But this doesn't make me want to bet Milwaukee more. It actually makes me want to look to the futures market. And I did this this morning when it was made official. And I actually took a chunk of the Philadelphia 76ers to win the Eastern Conference this morning. Just because I know, all right, you know what? Maybe Philly can't beat Boston in the seven-game series. But now they're going to have a gigantic coaching advantage when they play Milwaukee in a, in a potential seven-game series. I know, Jeff, I feel like your thought process on Doc Rivers is almost as intense as it is on the Buffalo Bills and them <laughs> being frauds. Maybe that not point. to that degree. That but, I, but look, it's applicable in both situations almost. You're right. I mean, I, I don't really understand this move getting Doc Rivers there. I, I get that he has the history, experience, obviously, success in the sense of getting to the postseason consistently. But after that Celtics team, what have you done for me lately? And it's nothing that would make me, if I were a Bucks fan, jumping out of my seat for joy to get a guy like Doc Rivers into the mix midseason. This just seems like a mind-boggling maneuver from Milwaukee, and they're talented enough to overcome it, sure. Yes, they're going to win a round or two in the postseason, but I'm with you. I mean, it's not making it attractive to going to the sportsbook and placing a bet on Milwaukee for the Eastern Conference Finals, for the championship. If anything, again, as you mentioned, it opens up the door for other teams, maybe like the 76ers, maybe anybody else who you think can have more of a competent coach and still enough talent to limit and compete with this Milwaukee team. So, again, I and not that I didn't believe it at first, but I know there was like hearsay back and forth how true the reporting was. And I was like, yeah, it'd make a lot more sense if that wasn't accurate because this just seems ridiculous. But it, it's coming to fruition and we'll see how it plays out. But again, it's just not moving the needle for me. Peculiar move to say the least. Quick, uh, quick college hoops news that I just want to bring out there because it's a game that's starting momentarily and the number just moved down. Uh, that Seton Hall in Providence, which was mostly three and a half throughout the day, that's down to two and a half behind us. And I, there's twos in the market as well. Uh, Kadari Richmond, Seton Hall's best player, is not playing. He's not dressed. Uh, so that is the reason for that move. Uh, it actually, I like Seton Hall at the bigger number, number with Richmond in. Now I wouldn't bother, even though Providence is a pretty flawed team on the road. And Seton Hall's coming off of a, a pretty, pretty tough loss in yes. triple overtime. Uh, against Creighton over the weekend at The Rock. Uh, Danny, our, guy, our producer Ryan McCormick actually is a, has a question for you real quick uh, that has to do with uh, your neck of the woods because uh, uh, the Bears have had an interesting offseason so far. Yeah, the Bears made a, the offensive coordinator hire from the Seattle Seahawks and Shane Waldron. Um, I wanted to know what your feelings were about that hire and if what you think will happen with the number one overall pick now that he has taken over the reins as O.C.? Yeah, look, I know you are as tapped into this as I am, and I was talking about this on my recent episode a lot, went fully in depth, but in terms of the offensive coordinator position with Waldron, I consider myself indifferent, and the reason I say indifferent is if you want to look at the pros of this, it's that, yes, he resurrected Geno Smith's career. Yes, he comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree, and he does have these numbers, EPA, DVOA, a lot of these things, these metrics, that he incrementally improved in his tenure as the offensive coordinator of the Seahawks. Simultaneously, he was never in the top 10. It was above average. It was never anything that was great. We talk about Doc Rivers not moving the needle, bringing him in. That's kind of like me with Waldron. Now, I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm not saying it's a bad move. I just don't think we have the biggest sample size to make it seem like this is automatically going to work. And as you very well know, the Bears have a good history of ruining anything that could be good <laughs> yes. elsewhere. They just find a way to screw it up. So again, call me indifferent. I don't think this gives any indication if they're sticking with Fields or Williams, uh, whether or not, or with bringing on Waldron. I know a lot of people are freaking out thinking that means something like, oh, he resurrected Geno Smith's career. That means he's going to do it for an older quarterback in Fields. No, it, it really doesn't make sense that way. Because if you're Waldron and you're a guy who eventually wants to get to a head coaching level, 
why would you want to hitch your wagon to this Bears team if they're sticking with Fields, who exactly. we've kind of seen plateau? Trust me, Fields has gotten absolutely shafted, absolutely screwed in every degree possible. But the great ones are able to overcome it. The great ones should be able to score a touchdown against Green Bay in the final game of the season. We know pretty much what Fields' potential can be with a competent staff, whether or not the Bears are going to have it. But with Caleb Williams, he could skyrocket. He could be all the way up there. We don't know. He's limitless right now. And again, if you're Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, again, you're also hitching your wagon to Fields. If he doesn't really improve and Williams goes off, you're never getting another position in the NFL again. It makes zero sense to stick with Fields aside from the argument of bringing in a hole. But Caleb Williams could be worth more than that. We don't know. And if you attach yourself to the number one pick in Caleb Williams, who's one of the highest prospects since, I don't know, Andrew Luck, even farther than that, some people are saying, then you have a four-year window with him. And you can you know, mold this quarterback how you want to if you're Waldron and how you're Poles. Because remember, Fields is not a Poles guy. He's not an Eberflus guy. He was there with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pates. Yep. So I would be appalled if they went with Justin Fields. And I'm actually going to be livid if they go with Justin Fields. I love Fields. Okay. I really do. It stinks. He did get the short end of the stick. There is no denying that. But there's no denying that you should get one of the top prospects in recent years in Caleb Williams. All right. All right. I- I've changed my viewpoint over the last few weeks that I'm kind of closer to I'm, I'm closer to what Danny is saying at this point because Ryan and if I had discussion a ton off the air yep. uh, about this Ryan's team fields uh, but I, I think now it, as we get closer to the draft just the contract alone makes to me more sense right. to just go with the rookie and then go out and, and pay for high end free agents yeah. uh, in all honesty I think they should, uh, they should actually make a big signing on defense if I were the Bears, yeah, already, they're going to need to I, look. You already have sweat on one side. I would go pay pay Bryce Huff, who the Jets are probably not going to pay. Okay, put him on the other side of Huff, and then you have the best pass rushing combination in the NFL, which sure. then makes yourselves a little bit dangerous. The NFC North, and I know I don't want to look because Detroit obviously is still alive here. The NFC North next year is going to be an unbelievable handicap in the way of like future, in the way of like win total markets, divisional markets, mm-hmm. because Bears have if, a fourth place schedule. The Bears have a fourth place schedule. If the Bears mm-hmm have a good off season. People are going to be high on them. Like they were going into this year. People are going to be astronomically high in green Bay. We've already seen yep. early win totals for green Bay are 10 and a half. That seems a little high for me, but I get it. Detroit's going to be the betting favorite because the reigning division champions might even be reigning super bowl champions. If thing breaks correctly over the next month, unlikely I know, but in play. And then the Vikings might be one of the worst teams in the NFL. if They don't resign Kirk cousins. So uh, it's a fascinating handicap uh, looking way ahead on that. Uh, Danny, uh, I do want to ask you real quick before we uh, get into your hockey play of the night, NBA-wise, uh, real quick, because it feels like to me that Boston, and, and yes, I made my bets on Philadelphia this morning to win the East just because the number was better, but it feels like Boston and Denver have kind of separated themselves, at least in my book, as the two proper favorites like sportsbooks has them as right now to win the NBA championship. Is there anyone like, obviously Milwaukee's still talented, even though we don't like doc uh, Philadelphia has Embiid right. who should probably win the MVP again. Is there any other team that you'd be looking at? Would you look at the LA Clippers who have been great over the last 25 games? Or would you look elsewhere as a potential? Hey, I'm not going to take one of the two favorites. I'm going to go down the board. Yeah, obviously the Clippers have been a team that a lot of people have jumped on. And I can't say I disagree with that, but certainly some of that value has dissipated since the big movement toward that maybe a month ago or so was. So it's not something that I'm infatuated with jumping on their price right now. I'd more want to see it play out a little bit, maybe lose a little bit of price on it, but get a better feeling of how they're going to compete going forward. Uh, A team that, again, this isn't one where I'm, slamming my fist going they're definitely going to make it but in terms of the value and the talent and the experience they claimed last year that can help them this year is the cleveland cavaliers i still like this roster and i'm curious to see what they can do closer to the deadline i know they've been dealing with some injuries i know they've had a volatility throughout their season but in this past offseason this is a squad that i've wanted to target because last year again they kind of fell victim to being one of those teams that was a little bit premature in their postseason run. I mean, this is a younger group, and they never really had that adversity dealt with in the playoffs, and then you saw an early exit. 
Well, now that you got that out of the way, now you can go in there having a better understanding of what to expect for a lot of these younger guys playing with similar personnel. And I think they can make a fairly deep run. Now, again, I don't think they're a championship contending team per se, but I do think this is a unit that could reach the Eastern Conference Finals. So that would be a team out of the East that I would really take a look at. And then out of the West, Jeff, honestly, I, I can't overlook this Nuggets team when it comes down to it. I of really course. can't. And again, I know we talked about the Clippers, but the Nuggets are just so dang good. Jokic is an absolute menace. And for a team that could be on a championship hangover, they're still doing pretty darn good. And if they need to take it up that extra notch, we know they're capable of doing it. So I still think Denver is at the top of the list, and there isn't a team that I would want to put money on in a straight-up situation to overcome them at this moment. Last but not least, I'm excited to get your hockey play of the day. I feel like I'm a lone hockey better over here sometimes. So, Danny, I think you're looking at something in the Blues Connects game. Yeah, look, we got to get Jeff back on the hockey train. You know, he goes back and forth. So maybe once the football season dwindles down, Jeff will start handicapping the puck a tad more. But, yes, I did bet this Canucks and Blues game. I bet it this morning, and I did bet it, full disclosure, with the expectation that Thatcher Demko was going to be starting for the Canucks. Looks like it's going to be Casey DeSmith. And it's not the biggest thing in the world because I still think there's a massive advantage on the side of Vancouver. But, of course, it'd be a lot better to have one of the better goalies in the game, Demko, tending the pipes as opposed to DeSmith. But, nevertheless, the other reasons as well why I like Vancouver the Blues are coming off a game last night, a game that I, you know, I bet the Flames and I lost. And they were up 3-1. They gave up a shorthanded goal, ended up giving up two goals in the third, and one of them was a 40-second goal that was the game winner. So it was a game that the Blues probably didn't deserve to win, but it's tough to turn around from that, coming back from behind and going up against one of the more prolific squads in the Canucks immediately after that. So Vancouver is second in goals force this season. Uh, they're doing a lot better in expected goals for percentage as well. And you look at Hofer, who's going to be their goalie, not the best numbers. Uh, he's fine overall, but the last three games, he surrendered 10 goals and they've lost each of those games. Now, I'm not looking to lay the expensive money line price here, guys. I went with the puck line at plus 110. I'd probably still play it down to plus 105 if you have that available out there. But I think this is a really good situation for Vancouver primarily because of that back-to-back -back reason and just the difference in skill level between these two teams. Vancouver, currently the kings of the Pacific Division right now. Uh, nice favorite tonight. Danny still laying the puck line against St. Louis tonight north of the border. He's Danny Burke, of, cor of course, the show Burke's Beat, where you can find your podcast wherever you want. Go download it today. Of course, Danny uh, has Burke'sBeat.com as well for write-ups as well on all of his plays that you can find there. Danny, a pleasure as always. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hey, you bet. Thanks, guys. Best love with your bets this weekend. Absolutely. Thanks, Danny. Our you guy, too. Danny Burke. Always love chatting with him. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, get you ready for some college hoops games that are starting at the top of the hour and later today, including a gigantic tilt down in the state of Alabama between arguably two of the best teams yeah. in the country, no less the SEC. We'll discuss it next. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point offers all the types of entertainment you'd expect at a first-class Las Vegas resort. Did you know our 400-seat showroom is one of Las Vegas' top destinations for live entertainment? Enjoy live performances by classic Vegas entertainers, bands, and today's hottest comedians, plus a rock and dance floor. You can also enjoy live entertainment at the Grand View Lounge, where you'll feel all the vibes of old Las Vegas. Enjoy the music, and if you love to laugh, don't miss The Dirty at 1230, our very own free comedy show, every Friday night at 1230 a.m. in the Grandview Lounge. The Dirty is 100% free, so arrive early. Go to southpointcasino.com or call the box office at 77136 for today's performances at the showroom and the Grandview Lounge. When you're ready for your favorite cocktail, stop in and unwind at one of our seven specialty lounges. There's a bar around every corner, because you're in Vegas, baby. South Point Casino has plenty of attractions for the whole family. Catch a movie. 
our 16-screen movie theater includes two XD extreme screens for the ultimate in viewing, sound, and luxury. After the show, treat the family to a variety of treats at our old-fashioned ice cream parlor, Kate's Corner. We scoop up a variety of creamy concoctions, including smoothies, hand-dipped cones, milkshakes, malts, sodas, and sundaes. At Kate's, there's something for everyone. And if you've still got time to spare, our bowling center might be right up your alley. Voted best of Las Vegas, it's a great place for friends and family fun. 64 lanes, a pro shop, snack bar, and arcade. And while the kids are bowling, you can play slots and sip on a drink in the Alley Cat Lounge while overlooking the lanes. For our more serious and professional bowlers, the South Point is also home to a separate tournament bowling plaza. Welcome back in at Sports by the Book. Eventually, it'll be will be sport sports by the alley, right? The, the bowling alley. Eventually, we'll do that. We already have kitchen yeah, by the book. Yeah, we have kitchen by the book. We have kitchen by the book. Yeah. Um, we eventually hit a ball. He's Ryan McCormick. She's Alex White. I'm Jeff Parles. We're we're thrilled to be with you, as always. Uh, just uh, quick notes, real quick uh, on on tonight for college hoops. So I mentioned that with Cavalry Richmond out for Seton Hall, that number dipped. It's three three early in the game uh, for that one. That was uh, Seton Hall two and a half is what that ended up closing. All right, let's get into some of these bigger games. And one of them is a giant one in Tuscaloosa tonight. Alabama welcomes Auburn I by Ken Palm. We were just going off of Ken Palm. These are two of the top eight in the country. I don't think Alabama is quite that good, but they are good. And we've talked about this with the Tide enough. By the way, Tide at home three and a half with a total of 162 behind us. When they're making shots. Yes. They're arguably the best team in the country. But when they're built, they're built they're built of just making threes. If they're not making shots, they can lose to anyone as well. Auburn, if you look off of just flat out Ken Palm metrics, Auburn is one of two teams that has a top five or excuse me, a top ten offense and a top ten defense. The only other one that has that is Arizona. Arizona's seventh in offense, fifth in defense. Auburn's ninth in offense, seventh in defense. They're the only ones that have two top 10 units on the floor, which is very impressive because this Auburn team, I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd be a good team. They, they opened the season where they lost in South Dakota against Baylor, which we were on Baylor that night. And then they, had, they lost to Appalachian State, which was, why are you playing in Boone anyway? <laughs> uh, but since they lost to Appalachian State, they've racked off 11 straight wins. I, for what it's worth, I like Alabama tonight. I, I liked it better at three, but even at three and a half, I, I just feel like this is one of those spots for Auburn. They've won so many games in a row, and if the market isn't betting Auburn tonight, it's kind of telling you where the market's head is at. So even at three and a half, I still like uh, Alabama here in this one. I like Alabama as well. I haven't bet it yet. I thought I would have some in-game opportunities oh, you may. <laughs> to get a better number, especially if Auburn goes up for a little bit. But you're right. I like the home team, and they're coming off a tough loss at Tennessee. Now they're back home. Um, Auburn is really good, though, so it's, it should be a great game, great matchup, but I'm with you, Jeff. I like the home team in this one. Going to a little bit later, by the way, it's 4.30 Eastern time. I don't know why that's such a weird start time tonight. <laughs> in, uh, no, it's 30. It's, uh, it's 7. No, I know, but you said 4.30 Eastern time. Oh, 4.30 Pacific. Sorry, 7.30. Yes, yes. Sorry, sorry there. Just, just yeah. keep you on your toes. See, this is why Ryan's here to make sure that, that when I make silly mistakes like that, to, uh, to clean them up for us. Uh, Villanova and St. John's. Uh, Johnny's coming off a really tough loss on on Saturday. They were up seven in the second <laughs> half, then fell down twelve, and then couldn't get over the hump at the end, losing by one to Marquette. Now they welcome Villanova, who I, I can't really figure out this. Vill I, I've been saying this all year with Villanova. In the past, when Jay Wright was there, you could figure him out pretty easily. It was before they broke through and won the national championship. They're going to be a great regular season team and fall short in the tournament. And then once they finally busted through, that's the only team you wanted to bet in a big game. Uh, I I like St. John's laying the three and a half. I'm just a little bit concerned. Again, the Johnnies have lost three straight games, and they've all been the NCAA tournament quality team. Yes. I, they should have beat Creighton in Omaha. Refs kind of got in the way in that one. Seton all hit them with that huge 24-0 run. Couldn't recover from that. And then... Should have won that game. 
uh, on Saturday against Marquette. Metrics like Villanova more than I do. I, I'll lay the three and a half with the Johnnies. I don't hate it. I didn't know what to do with this one either. Like you said, I don't really know what to make of Villanova. They good some days, not so good others. They're 39th offensively, 34th defensively on Kim Palm. And then St. John's, you're right. Those, those three losses are justifiable. All three of them are very good Big East teams. But is this, a, is this the spot that they can take advantage of at home and get back on the right track? Let's uh, go to Florida and Mississippi State next. I thought Mississippi State was pretty overrated most of the year, and it's kind of kind of shown out. I don't want to say that it's all the way there yet on them being overrated because their three conference losses are at South Carolina, who smashed Kentucky yesterday. Yes. Uh, they lost at Kentucky. All right, nothing wrong with that. And they lost to Alabama on a day where Alabama was making their shots. Nothing wrong with any of those losses. They do also have that ridiculous loss at home to Southern, but – that's obviously a thing some some teams uh, in this market as well want to do. What was that from your alma mater last oh night? Oh, my God. That was a disaster. That, that was game. the most UNLV thing yeah, ever. I lose by 32 as a 16-point favorite last night to Air Force. Uh, but Florida comes, uh, uh, or excuse me, Mississippi State goes to Florida tonight. Uh, Gators finally played a slow-paced game against yeah. Mizzou. It was only 64 possessions in that game. Uh, Mississippi State. I don't want to play fast, but I don't want to say I don't want to say that they're a slow-paced team. They're right in the middle of the country. Uh, this number came out to be being correct on the spread. I would lean to this game being over to one fifty and a half. I think Florida gets back to their ways of playing quickly. See, and I I would lean to Florida here as well at home. What do you make of Florida so far? Because they were a little bubble team. They're fine. Kind of a they're fine. Yeah. Yeah, conference-wise, they're yeah, they're, fine. they're struggling a little bit. I mean, you brought it up who they have, who they played, lost to Kentucky and Ole Miss and Tennessee there, but yeah, the the problem they have is their best win is Florida State, or excuse me, their best win is Pitt. That's their best win. Yeah, by Ken Palm. That's, that's not good enough. That's, that's not going to be problem. enough to get you in an NCAA tournament. They'll have a crack against Auburn in the O Dome in February. They also have a crack at Kentucky again who they almost beat the open conference play this year, but couldn't quite get there uh, in that overtime more, excuse me, that late regulation loss to UK. Uh, going to the Illinois Bowl here in Evanston tonight, Northwestern hosting the Illini. And the markets bet Northwestern here. Uh, this Overnights was four. Now it's been three. It sat at three all day behind us. 145 is the total. I just don't I don't know what to do with this. I thought, I, don't. This, I thought this number should have come five and a half. But then North, you see Northwestern at home, other than that just flabbergasting loss at home to Chicago State, which is the most perplexing loss that anyone has taken all year in college basketball just about. I mean, they beat Michigan State handily at home. They beat Purdue at home. They beat Maryland at home. I, they're an excellent home team. They beat yes. Dayton, who's a legitimate legitimate top 25 team at home as well. Uh, it's a hard place to play for whatever reason up in Evanston at the uh, at the old field house. So I I, I can't do anything here. I, I really was hoping this would come five and a half and I would bet Northwestern, right. but I, I can't do it at three out. You're right. And I was ready to lay the points here with Illinois. And then, but we've been following this Northwestern team and they have been very good, especially at home. So I Dug into their stats a little bit more, and I stayed off of this. I mean, Illinois is really hot. They're five and one ATS in conference, and six and zero against the spread. I mean, six and zero on the road against the spread. So that's really good as well. But I just worry about Northwestern here at home. By the way, some breaking news, real quick. Jim Harbaugh officially going to the Chargers. Woo, figured, woo. This, figured this. Anne is very happy. <laughs> uh, I, I figured this was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and now opens the door to a very interesting possibility of what Michigan does next. There's these crazy online rumors that this is going to be the Jimmy Sexton Bowl now where he represents Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly leave LSU, go to Michigan. He represents Lane Kiffin, Kiffin, I should say, and he goes from Ole Miss to LSU. And then who knows who ends up at Ole Miss. I, the whole craziness. I, st I think Michigan on the college side, and we kind of saw this in like the opening numbers that have opened futures in college football. Michigan's like sixth or seventh on most lists, lists, even with the defending championship. I think the assumption was that Harbaugh was going to leave and then a right. lot of guys would leave behind. I think that assumption was always right. I would just promote Sharon more if I were Michigan. 
He already beat Ryan Day once. <laughs> so he's already proven that. Uh, and I mean, he basically yeah. coached the team half the year anyway. Right. Uh, so I would, I would just yeah. do that on Michigan. And for the Chargers, boy, what an upgrade. Seriously. <laughs> what an upgrade where we know, look, Jim, we know Jim Harbaugh is going to wear out his whack. Welcome. Like, we know it. It's going to come within three years. Like, by year four there, it's going to be like, all right, everyone's had <laughs> enough of him. Like, in the, in the NFL ranks, he's a lunatic, but he's a great coach. And now, in the AFC West, you have three guys who, Andy Reid's going to be in Canton one day. I think Sean Payton should be in Canton one day. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh won't be there, but he is an unbelievable coach. And then you have Antonio. <laughs> Good luck, Raiders. Good luck. Yeah, with that GM uh, hire at, yeah. at this point. And we got the Chargers former Tom GM. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm afraid for Tom. Okay. On, on all on all situations, yeah, no, those are going to be some bad contracts coming to the Raiders. Well, you know what, Telesco is an interesting one because he did some good roster building in LA, but the only first round pick he really re- got right, he got two right, he got Slater right, and he got Justin Herbert right, mm-hmm. and Herbert kind of fell into his lap at six. Um, but there are some pretty bad trade ups yeah. mixed in there in his tenure in uh, in LA. We'll see LA and San Diego. And then the we'll other see. news he said me that. The quarterback that the Raiders may get as well. Oh well, that was that was from ESPN today. That that there was the article, and I I've been on this for about a month. Yes, you have. Um, that uh, that the that there was an article. I forget who was who was it by. Uh, I don't remember. Who was by. I, don't, I, I don't remember who it was by Ryan. You looked that up. Uh, it, basically, NFL one of those NFL execs predict what happens this offseason. One of those nonsense ones, uh, and that Ru- Russell Wilson ends up here, which. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I would not like that uh, for what Russell Wilson is at this point in his career. It's just not the Raiders. I, I'd actually be better off. I'd be more happy to <laughs> run it back with O'Connell than I would to give Russell Wilson another crack wow. in his career. Oh. Yeah. Maybe you see whatever. I think O'Connell's, a, I think O'Connell will be a, have a nice career as a backup. But, no, I do too. Uh, Definitely. It was Jeremy Fowler who wrote the article. That's, that's the article that I was, I was looking at uh, earlier today that I sent you. Uh, that that little screenshot. I've been on that as soon as he got benched in Denver. Like it makes too much sense. It just does. No. Yeah, as long as he doesn't end up with the Bears, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I very happy to, that he ended up in Denver. I, I, I don't think you have to worry uh, well, t- about that. Justin Fields should come to the Raiders then. I, I that would actually be the best possible move, personally, of, of all the guys available uh this offseason. I don't think Cousins is coming here. I think Cousins is gonna end up in Atlanta if he leaves. Did you see Devontae was trying to recruit? Not recruit, but was saying that he is very high on Kirk Cousins. He's a very good quarterback. Very good Wait, quarterback. who said that? Devontae, Devontae Adams. Adams. Oh, he I did? Mean, look, I oh. mean, Kirk, Kirk, Kirk Cousins is pretty clearly the best quarterback on the market um, uh, this yeah. offseason. And for all of his flaws. You think, do you think Viking fans finally realized that after they I went through Minnesota, four I think quarterbacks? I think Minnesota fans kind of turned on that once they saw what happened when he went yeah. out uh, this year with the tour to Achilles. <laughs> Uh, by the way, the early report is that Sharon Moore is the clear favorite to get the Michigan job, which makes a whole lot of sense. All right. Let's go back to tonight in college hoops. Sorry for the detour there real quick. Uh, Kansas State and Iowa State. Uh, I want to go there because you and I uh, have a little, slightly differing thoughts on this, but not really. Uh, it's up to nine. I think that's just too many points to not take with Kansas State at this point, all the way at nine. Yeah, that's uh, but, a lot of points. But you had a money line parlay with Iowa State, which honestly, I don't mind putting, if you want to put Iowa State the money line parlay, I don't have a problem with that. But they're top three defense in the country, and they just got a really big road win. So, I mean, this team continues to prove themselves, and I felt comfortable laying that in them getting this win at home, even though Kansas State is really good as well. So that's kind of why I just stayed away from, from the points there. Utah and Wazoo is a fascinating game in the Pac-12 tonight. Uh, there's just a move from three to three in some books, including behind us. There's two out there as well on this game. I, at the smaller numbers, I like Wazoo. I don't like how Utah travels. Uh, they're just so much better in Salt Lake City than they are away from it. I've already seen that in conference play. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay out at the three though. But if you can get the twos that are still out there, I think that's good on Wazoo. See, and I was leading more towards the Utes here, but what kind of threw me off is they're coming off two big wins against Oregon State and then Oregon. So I don't know if this was gonna be more of a letdown spot on the road. And you just said they don't travel well, but 
I lean to Utah in this one. Um, no bet for me, though. Alex, hockey tonight? Anything? Uh, I have anything two, two hockey plays, so I laid it with Boston here. Um, Boston, Carolina. Great game. Awesome. Everyone should be watching. But we don't have Anderson in net for the Canes, so definitely made a play for me here on the Bruins. Olmark will be in net 14 and 7 this season, 7 and 3 at home. You know, I've been very high on the Bruins. I think they are the best team in the league right now. Mom's trip for the Hurricanes. What's that? It's the mom's trip for the Hurricanes. Oh Is no, yeah. now you tell me that. It's they usually the Boston dad trip. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why they chose Boston, but in yeah. January. Yeah. In April it's one thing, but not in January. Yeah. Pretty cold up there. That's important information I need to it know. Is. It is. Before, yeah. They're, they're good at throwing these things out, but we'll see. <laughs> I feel like it's usually the, the dad trips that yeah. they really do well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, moms. But, okay, <laughs> now we're going. <laughs> so this one's, this one's a little rough. I went under five and a half, and I haven't done that in a while, but it's Chicago and Seattle. That's because Chicago, 25 and 18 to the under, 14 and 9 to the under on the road. Their median goals on the road right now is one. They're struggling to score. Don't tell me that you've got um No, they they've just been unable to score without Connor Bedard. Yes. Yeah. So and then Seattle, they've been more of an under team lately. Twenty six and nineteen to the under, twelve and eight to the under at home. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough that five and a half, but I made it five, so I think we'll be okay. I, again, I, you're, you're the expert on hockey on those things. And then Danny liked um, Vancouver tonight, which I actually agree with. I was looking at that when I was going to look at their like team them on total the puck line over. Too. So, puck line for him. What? Yeah, he likes them on the puck line. Puck line, yep. Yep. You bet anything tonight, Ryan? Uh, just some small college basketball stuff. What do you got? So, High Point hasn't lost a game um, in their conference yet. They're on the road. And then uh, Out to the extra board, yeah, the extra board yeah. for Ryan McCormick. Then, yes. uh, High yeah. point, uh, six or six and a half point favorites against South Carolina Upstate tonight. Yes. South okay. Carolina Upstate's, yeah, the, the worst team in that conference right now. Um, I thought about taking Upstate to cover, but ended up just taking the money line on High Point. Um, and then I do like Bradley in their hosting game. I, I have taken these small schools because I have some familiar ties to them, so that that's why. That makes sense. Yeah, a little. It's a lot of chalk, so I put them on a parlay. It's like plus so, seven hundred. Did, did you money line those two together, Bradley and High Point? Yeah, I also added some uh, some other things too, but yeah. Right I, now, yeah, go ahead. So I'm I'm off for the next two days. We didn't get to the NFC Championship well, we at all. Talk, we got to lightly we, we, touch. We can, we can touch okay. it. We can touch it right now. I just want to get those plays out of the yes, way. Yes, please. Uh, uh, again, uh, hopefully we can guide you in the right direction every once in a while. Uh, my I said my thoughts to Dan, I said my thoughts to Danny. I really can't do much on this game on a side perspective until I know that Debo is playing. And I know that may seem awkward to say, hey, I'm betting the over if I don't know Debo is in or not. But Detroit's defense is just so bad that San Francisco still should be able to take advantage. The only problem that I have, even if Debo's in with laying seven with San Francisco, is that defense has not shown anything, uh, really, other than really since the Jacksonville game. They were awesome in that Jacksonville game. Uh, but since then, I mean, Baltimore beat them up. I mean, the, Pack the Packers should have won that game last year. Uh, the, the Packers blew that game. They really did. Box score didn't really say that as much. So I guess kind of like you were saying with the Bills and the Chiefs uh, it was, well. you know, You know what it was? It was just more like the red zone failures. Yes. Even though the box score is even, which dictated San Francisco winning by three. I understand that. But if you take advantage of what you did in the first half where – Got in the red zone, they yes. kicked two field goals and and got stopped on a fourth and a foot and, and a half a foot a half a yard. That's a different game if you convert that. So that's where where you look at the Buffalo one. Where, yeah, even though the box score said Kansas City, Josh Allen makes the throw to Shakir right. in the end zone. Buffalo probably well, I don't know if they win the game because Mahomes that would have had a minute fifty to go down and rip Buffalo's hearts out. But <laughs> Buffalo would have been a big favorite to win the game at that point. Yeah, no, you're completely right and. I'm with you. I'm waiting to see about Debo. I'm, um, I will probably end up laying the seven here with San Francisco. I just think the Lions have been very lucky, and they were outgained in their last two playoff games here against Tampa Bay and against the Rams, and then the three regular season games before that. So 
They've been lucky all year. We're starting to see this defense and see the holes in there, and the Niners are just too good. So I think the rain affected Brock Purdy. We'll see a better game from him. Um, 51 is tough. I, I do want to find a way to bet the over. I don't know if I'm going to lean towards a half, first half, or maybe wait. But, yeah, I, I think the over is the only way you can go here with these two. By the way, for Michigan, real quick, before we get out of here, the apparent list right now, Pete Tam Thamel, who's usually pretty good at these list things, mm -hmm. Sharon Moore, the favorite, Lance Leipold, Chris Kleiman, names who we heard for Washington when DeBoer left for Alabama. Dave Clawson was another one. And then the other two ones that have been considered are Luke Fickle and Matt Rule. Interesting. Which, yes. if I were Luke Fickle and I were offered the Michigan job, I would take it and get the heck out of the, uh, Wisconsin after how that looked in year one. Yep. Same deal with Rule. Even though Nebraska showed improvement, I if one of those two guys somehow got offered that job, I would take it. Yes. Um, with that said, I would still stay in house. I would. I would. I. I would. I would hire Sharon personally. Yeah. I mean, you already had. What, you are, you are Michigan though. You are Michigan. Good. <laughs> Really hire anyone in all honesty. So see how it plays out. And all I right. That's a lot. all the time we have. Enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank the, you, everybody, who made it very special. The, uh, the balloons. <laughs> I think those have to be. I, we might keep those balloons around at least for the rest of the week. Just look how happy that guy is in the corner of your screen. Especially that one. I know. So, so happy. Uh, Ryan, good work as always. Uh, Andrew Ann, great work as always as well. Where's, where's Jerry? I miss Jerry. He's, down, he's downstairs. He's downstairs. Jerry, shout out to whatever you're doing right now. Well, uh, for Alex White, I'm Jeff Parles and Ryan McCormick as well. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock here on Sports by the Book.